Trading Nut, episode 174. I don't mind getting a, a one to three risk reward because it's not like I'm risking $1,000. My, my trades, I'm risking like 15, 20 grand. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern training is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got a trader that doesn't go by name. We've got Trader X on the show. We call him Trader X. Hopefully, we'll have a Trader Y and a Trader Z at some point in the future as well. Now, Trader X is on the show. He wants to keep himself anonymous, which is probably by rights. I mean, the guy turned 5K into 15 million over the course of his trading career, and we are so lucky to get him on the show to share that journey, what he did, how he did it, his style, his approach, everything that sort of went into uh, him being able to do this phenomenal feat. We get the detail, all right? So guys, that is coming up. Unfortunately, you don't get to see who he is. You don't get to find out who he is, but you get to learn the lessons that he has, which is fantastic. Now, uh, before we get into the show, guys, I do want to thank you all for this thing appearing in the post just the other day, it is the Trading Nut, and if you can't see it, if you're on the podcast, it's the Trading Nut YouTube uh, plaque that they send you when you've hit 100,000 subscribers. So thank you for subscribing, thank you for listening, thank you for keeping this thing going. I uh, really appreciate all, appreciate all of you guys out there for tuning in every week. This thing goes live, and it's only the start of the journey. We've got more things hitting the airwaves uh, all the time, so stay tuned, stay subscribed and you'll see what's coming next. Now, I'm talking about what's coming next and what's new here. So the Trading Up Funded Cup is still going. You can check that out over at my sponsor, City Traders Imperium, their website. They've got the leaderboard up there. Top guy is currently hitting 62% return in what is probably just over a month now. Uh, You can join the June competition. You're going to find out about that in a second as well. So June competition coming up soon. Other things from the City Traders Imperium crew, in fact, we had two of them on the live stream this past week, Rodrigo and his cousin Diego, have uh, come on the live stream. So I said last week, okay, these guys on average get a 1 to 5 R trade, and they got a 1 to 10 R trade in the, the live stream. So folks, if you're not catching these, they're well worth going and checking out just for the educational uh, content that you're going to get regardless of any trades that are actually taken. Uh, Then we had Andy Peters on for the first time as well. And Andy Peters trading a real live account. You can see his MetaTrader. You can see him placing the trades. And you would have seen him take 10K profit on the live stream in under an hour. So phenomenal stuff, folks. If you're not checking these out, do hit subscribe so you can catch them in the future. And last couple of things before we get into the show, uh, we've got the Genius Trader Club. So if you're trying to get your trading mindset or your mindset as a whole on point, then go and check out the Genius Trader Club. Uh, links below the video in the description. The price is going to jump on that soon. So you've got a really good window of opportunity here to jump on board. And let my trading mindset mentor, uh, Andy Murphy, help you guys out as well. Uh, and the Robot Builders Club is still open. If you are looking to automate some or all of your trading, then that's something that I can help you do. 
through my Robot Builders Club. Check out the free robot link below the video and have a play with that. Have a look at what's in the Robot Builders Club and I'd love to see you on the inside. All right, folks, let's get on with the show with Trader X. Folks, if you missed out on joining the Trading Nut Funded Cup, don't worry. With over 3,000 traders registered, my sponsors, City Traders Imperium, have decided to run another. But this time, they've promised the prizes will be even bigger and better. Folks, if you want to register for this and show your skills as a trader, click on the link above or the link below the video or in the podcast description. Then sign up for free before 15th of June 2022 and get 10% off any City Traders Imperium product just for entering the competition. Good luck, folks, and we'll see you in the cup. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Night. As you can see, it is uh, just me on the screen, and unfortunately, you're going to see me if you're watching the video the whole time. Uh, we've got Trader X on the other end, and Trader X has been uh, recommended by a past guest, and because it's Trader X, I'm not going to share who the guest is, but they met him at a brokerage uh, event and told me what, this guy's story was and I was like I've got to get him on the show so uh, you're about to hear it I'm not going to spoil it hopefully I don't the title the title title's probably going to spoil it anyway um, but he's done some amazing things over the course of the last 15 years uh, growing a small 5k account to well in to the eight figures mark so um, welcome to the show Trader X yeah thanks for having me it's uh I think it's my first show I've ever done so I'm a little bit like nervous <laughs> <laughs> that's all good well look um thank you so ever so much for coming on because i definitely want to hear your story at, at the age of uh, 16 i mean how did things get uh, started for you why on earth did you even get in, involved and interested in the markets yeah so I, I started learning when i was about 16 like i got sort of um interested into it um but obviously i couldn't open my first account until i was 18 um due to the laws here in australia and i'm not sure about where else but um yeah, I actually got interested in it. I was just sort of doing my research and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? This is actually a cool thing. And, and back then, this was like, I don't even know, like 2006, something like that, five maybe. I don't even know how old when I was, when I was 16, what year. But um, there wasn't much online about it at all, especially here in Australia. Like you had to really go out of your way to find any sort of um, anything about it on the internet. Um, so, yeah, I just sort of came across it one day and I was like, you know, it was really, really interesting. I, I want to check it out. Um, and then I sort of um, decided to, you know, try and get into the professional industry of it. Um, so um, I applied for a few places here and there, like internships and whatnot. Um, and then I had a, um, I don't think I mentioned this to you, but I was, I was working at Deutsche Bank for a few years as a trader. Oh, didn't start off as a trader. Started off as um, just like a, I can't say the word, but, you know, just kick up um, right. around and, and getting the coffee and that sort of stuff. But then I sort of worked my way into um, uh, trading floor and then market research. Um, and I did that for a few years before deciding just to go on a whim, go on my own. And so, so okay, cool. Well, that, I mean, that's a, that's a very quick view of how you, how you did it. Now, let's go back to when you were 16 to 18, like, learning the markets i mean you 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 wanted to start trading what on earth did you do to, at that point to get to get some sort of knowledge um well like i said there wasn't much at all online and i believe back then pretty sure it was forex factory um there was a website i'm pretty sure it was forex factory i can't exactly remember but i used to go on there a lot and i used to sort of you know chat to people here and there and um just you know you get little snippets of videos and that sort of stuff and then really sort of um 
you know, I'll sit there and like I'll draw charts out and be like, you know, okay, so we sort of see this and then this happens and 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 but then like like I said, but back then there wasn't a whole lot of um uh education. So a lot of it came down to really understanding the fundamentals of why markets move. That was a lot easier to research than it was to find sort of technical analysis. Like right now you've typed technical analysis, it's everywhere on, on the internet. Um, and everybody forgets the fundamentals where I'm sort of the opposite way around where my trading is like 90% based fundamentals. And I just look at the charts just so uh, there's an entry. Um, I don't really use patterns and um, I really don't use much technicals at all. And so, um, okay. So, so back then, I mean, were you, um, uh, I suppose in terms of like educating yourself, how did you, how did you, how did you determine what was going to be, what was worthwhile learning and what wasn't worthwhile learning? Well, I didn't really know about technical analysis, right? So, because when I was looking it up, it was also it was all just um, economic-based reports. You'd see like reports on all these different websites: why the Australian dollar is getting weaker, why the US dollar is getting stronger, why you know gold's moving, all sorts of stuff. So you'd have to learn, like, you know, okay, cool. When this happens, this is going to happen in the currency. When this happens in the news, this is going to happen in the currencies. That sort of stuff. Um, and you sort of just pick it up over time, and it sort of just gets indented into you like it's you know it comes second nature um and then um that really helped me when i actually applied at deutsch because i was like you know i I understand quite a lot of it um the fundamentals and they 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 were sort of like we don't care about that like we're gonna teach you anyway (laughs) our own way um cool which was all basically fundamentals anyway um but it did give me a sort of a bit of boost but yeah it was was kind of just more self-research on reading the economy, really, the macroeconomics of why things move, what happens when this happens. Okay, and so in terms of like actually placing trades on the market with this information, how did you go about that? Yeah, so I was 16 at the time and, you know, really annoying. I was like, mom, open my account. She, she kept saying no um, until sort of uh, eventually I got my own account. Um, and then sort of, you know, I didn't really know much about risk management, anything like that. But that's when I actually started to go into Deutsch. And then I kind of got my own trading in terms of my own uh, my own trading account. And I was sort of working at Deutsche for a bit. And then my first year, that's when I like, at Deutsche, I'm like, oh, cool, this is really cool. Like, well, let's start my own account. And then I started my own account. Like, I just chucked in like five grand and um, and eventually just built it up from there. And so like placing a trade using the fundamental analysis, I mean, what, you know, this, yeah. this, this major news doesn't come around all the time. So what did you have to do from a patient's point of view and, and oh. getting in? Yeah, I'm definitely not a day trader. I'm much more position trader. Even even a swing trade will be short term for me. Um, I place a trade and I will expect to hold it for two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight months. Um, so I'm waiting for things to really go in my favor. So I'll, I'll read the news. I'll read the macro uh, economics, the fundamentals, and go, okay, why is this currency going to go against this currency? Why is this going to get stronger? Um, then I'll look at a lot of the seasonal data as well, and um, just like you know all those sorts of things. And then I go. All right. Um, well, in the next month or two, Australia should get stronger against, uh, you know, say New Zealand. Let's buy that. Let's buy the Australian New Zealand. Um, and then I'll sort of look at the chart and I'll go, go, cool. Look, we're at a pretty good level. I could put my stops there. And um, I really don't set take profit levels much. I just sort of more write it out and, and um, trail my stops as they go. And then I'll um, sort of, yeah, base it off that really. And so, I mean, just giving a, giving people an idea as to like how wide a stop would need to be for that kind of hold of a of a you know. I just eight took a trade. Hold. I just took a trade. Uh, I've got a four hundred pip stops. Okay, so it's pretty, significant, but it's not it's not ridiculous. 
No, no. Like sometimes um, they can range between two to five, six hundred pips on average. Okay, so um, so thinking about this, like in in this kind of approach, which is you know bordering on, I suppose, investing to a certain degree because it is you know <laughs> you're putting the money in there for a while. I mean, yeah. how do you deal with things like swap fees and? All these additional things that come with holding something for for an eight or you know, two to eight month period. If the trades overtaken the swap fees, then that's really the main thing that matters. Yeah, swap fees can kill you a bit, but then you've also got positive swap fees, which can also counteract the, the negatives. So I might have, you know, um, it's not like I just take one trade and wait for it. I'll, I'll take a trade and then you know I'll build it up, and you know I might have 15, 16 trades running my account. Um, Seven of those might have negative swaps. The rest might have positive swaps. They kind of cancel each other out, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then the bigger profit outweighs everything as well as it goes on. Okay. So so the okay. So that's a that's the perfect way to get get over the swap for you. Yeah. Yeah. And and so like okay. So so thinking about um, the markets that you're trading. I mean, you were you mainly focused on forex markets, or you cover everything? Um, there's about a hundred different markets I look at because I'm long term. I can sort of, I'm, it's not like I'm sitting there scanning markets every morning or every day. I just sort of go, you know, I, I'm, I'm just take, keeping up to date of what's happening in Euro, what's happening in Australia, what's happening. And then I can make a decision going, well, you know, let's say the Nor- you know, Norwegians have some problems and then um, I could buy the Australian or uh, knock or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, it's not like I have to scan markets for technical setups look for these sorts of things. So, um, I don't even look at my charts every day, um, probably once a week or whenever I go to place a trade. Um, if I had to like put a whole total time on my chart time, about 15 minutes a day, uh, a, a week. A week? Um, wow. Yeah, the rest <laughs> is all just... And, and because in saying that, the lowest time frame I'm going to go is daily time frame. It's mostly weekly, monthly. Um, so I, uh, I'll definitely sort of, you know, the rest of my day sort of keeping up to date with like economics, macroeconomics, you know, what's happening in the news fundamentally based um yeah and so so when you so you you started at deutsch you uh you had this five grand account of your own and the obviously the deutsch stuff over there now what did you how did that sort of five grand start off for you i mean were you pretty confident that you were going to be able to grow that from from word word dot or how did yeah i took some big risks um i'm not gonna lie like it wasn't like i was risking one percent the whole time um because one percent to grow it to what i got now that's just yeah it's I would have done all right, but it's not going to be what it is now. So there was times where I'd be very confident. Um, for instance, um, when Trump got elected, I bought so much US dollar um, and it just went nuts. Um, you know, at first I was pretty bearish on the US and before he got elected, that's the stuff, but after he got elected, dollar yen just rallied for months and I just built a huge position in that. And I was taking like 10% risk of each trade. Um, but in saying that, you know, I was confident as well. And I don't suggest that to anyone, by the way, you know, <laughs> um, just a disclaimer. <laughs> um, I was happy to lose it because, you know, yeah. Um, so I was taking like a 10%. So all up, I had a probably about a 40% risk on that whole trade, uh, 40% of my account at the time. That was what, 2016, 15, was it? 16, some of that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. Um, and there's been other, like during Brexit, I took massive shorts on pounds. Uh, and there's a few times where I was like, you know what, let's risk 20%. So I'll shorten the pounds um, during Brexit, uh, 2000 and uh, yeah, back then as well. Um, 
So those definitely did help. <laughs> and, and how do you get to the point where you like are happy to you know risk forty percent of your account on you know some some positions? And I'm guessing some of those positions were already in profit and yeah, and of course, stops trailed and all that sort of stuff. Scaled in, yeah, yeah, yeah correct. It wasn't like I just took one big forty. It was like ten yeah. percent, and then I'm like, okay, cool, we're, we're up a little bit more. Let's get ten percent, ten percent until I've reached forty, um, and then I'll just start trailing the stop. So I'll take ten and I'll cover that one. And I'll take another 10 and then I'd cover that one into profit. So I'm up 10% in profit locked in. Then I'll take that other risk. So it was kind of like that. So if it all came back on me, I was going to make it all, a little bit or break even basically. Right. Okay, cool. That makes um, sense. So I did cover my risk pretty well. Um, in saying that, uh, I, I did the same thing on the uh, pounds when, when Brexit happened. Um, so that's really how I sort of took some big positions. But the day-to-day stuff, like I'm not doing that every day. Like the day-to-day stuff, I'll risk, you know, maybe you know, 5%, 1%, sort of between those ranges. Okay. And so so what what do you consider like a sort of day-to-day kind of trade? Uh, in, in terms of risk? Uh, well, no, just in terms of the, the kind of trade versus, I suppose, the Brexit or oh, pumping okay. elected um, kind of thing. Yeah, so those those events happen. So for, in Australia, I think on the 21st of this month, we have the Australian elections. Um, so I'm kind of deciding what to do around that. But the day-to-day stuff will be more so just reading, you know, like, okay, cool. Like, uh, for instance, more recently, the euro dollar uh, has been smashed because dollars have been getting strong and the euro has been getting weak. Um, and uh, I sort of, with day-to-day trading, will be like, okay, let's just take like a, you know, a 1% risk on this and just let it ride out. And, um, that trades, I did have it right now and I think I've closed it now though. I think I was going for about a month. So it's pretty short, uh, short trade. Okay, cool. And so, so uh, thinking about like the, um, I suppose way back when you were first starting out, and you were growing this five thousand dollar account. I mean, do you remember like a time when you were like, "Hang on a sec, this is this thing's getting serious," um, in terms of how much you were making on the account? Yeah, um, that was during the Trump election. <laughs> oh right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, sorry, the Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. Um, that was before the Trump election. And, and can you explain sort of like how, what were the sort of key key moments then? When I sort of took some trades and they, because like during the Brexit, I don't know if you're looking at charts back then, but if if you go back and look at the chart, you could just sell anywhere and you're not going to get stopped out. Like it was just, just drop, 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 drop. And I just kept adding, adding, and I'm like, wow, I've just made a lot of money here. And I'm like, let's do that again. <laughs> so, um, but, I, but I knew I had to wait for very, very, like very certain key events. Um, I couldn't do that every time, but that's when I sort of started making real big bulk money. And then um, I was like, okay, cool. This felt great. And I was still working at the time still working at Deutsche Mutter. And um, I was just you know, talking to my team and stuff. And I'm like, what I do my, you know, breaks and stuff. And they're like, you could have done that for us. I'm like, well, let me take that much risk. <laughs> Which, yeah, obviously. Um, but, you know, we still performed good back then. But, um, but yeah, and that's when it got to the point, I think after Trump, I was like, you know what, like, I've just done another big one. I'm like, I've got enough capital now where I could just go full time myself and um, handed in my resignation. And I was like, hey, guys, I love you, but, you know, I'm on my own now. <laughs> And so, fifteen minutes. So it's quite a very unique uh, kind of style compared to almost every single guest that I've had on the show. Um, yeah. And I mean, the fact that you be able to sort of show, okay, albeit with a you know risking ten, sometimes twenty percent of the account um, on these big fundamental moves. I mean, it, 
how did you how did you even get to that point where you were com- comfortable? Because it is a, men- a mentality thing from my point of view, where you're comfortable yeah. like with these longer holds and only doing 15 minutes on the chart and sort of you know reading a lot of news. So I don't believe markets move based on charts. Like yeah, there's going to be short term little moves based on a uh, what are they call like head, head and shoulders and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't know the names of all of them. Um, there's going to be short term moves based on that sort of stuff. But I think the, the big massive moves people need to pay attention to the big macroeconomics. Like it's, um, you know, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not big in the retail trading space in terms of like social media and um, I you know, all that sort of stuff. So I kind of keep away from it. But from what I see every now and then pops across my sort of Instagram or on YouTube um, is just, you know, like, you know, I made, you know, 200% on a little secret pattern. And I'm just like, really? Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> we would have been doing that at Deutsch if that was possible. Um, and look, short-term stuff, you can do that sort of stuff. But I think if you want to make a real good career out of it for the next 15, 20, 30, 40 years, You've got to start paying attention to the big stuff, the big moves in the market, why things actually move. Um, so, yeah, look, although you can trade quite successfully based on technicals and charts and that sort of stuff, I think if you want to do really, really well, you've got to at least mix both of them together. Mm. And, um, and so, so from a technical point of view, I mean, what exactly are you doing for, to help you get possibly a better entry than just... Yeah, so um, I'll just basically look at the chart and go, okay, cool. we have a support level here my stops could go under this sort of um, price range here where, um, you know, like, you know, like t- basically support and resistance is really all I use in a technical level. Um, I don't use trend lines either. Um, I don't use any patterns. It's just basically support prices at a big support. We've got good economic data to buy this. Like, oh, cool. We're at a good support level. I know that there's going to be sort of, you know, people buying around here. Then I'll look at taking, pro- uh, uh, taking a trade from this level here. Whereas if kind of, you know, for instance, um, hanging around the sort of in no man's land, there's no big support, no big resistance. I'll be like, you know, let's wait for something to happen. Let's maybe wait for the market to pull back a little bit um, and create like a new higher low or new lower low or something like that, a new lower lower high, um, some of that. Um, but in terms of anything else, that's really the, the extent it goes to. And in terms of like looking at your win percentage and stuff like that, I mean, how does that look? I think I've got about a 40% win rate. 40% win rate and a risk to reward? Um. My risk rewards are probably around one or two, one or three, one or fives. Okay, so so not like not huge, hugely dramatic no. risk to rewards or, no. or win rates at all. Okay, so it's pretty steady, pretty steady from yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah, um, and that's like, um, and that's really like the basis of how I know most professional traders. Like most professional traders, I know for sure, Deutsch. We our, a lot of our trades are like one or one, one or twos, one or one or two and a halfs. Um, and would have huge stops, huge profit levels. Um, so, you know, it's, um, the, the, the big thing I see as well is like, it's, if you're going to have a large stop box, like I do, it's going to be hard to capture like a one to 10 reward. Like it's going to be very hard. Yeah. Um, during like big times, like Brexit and, and Trump election, that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I did a few big ones like that, but every, Every day to day, weekly basis, it's like one or two, one or threes, one or fours. I try to go bit, bare minimum one to three and a half or something like that if I can. And, um, and sorry, jumping back into the uh, into the, the Deutsch, I mean, yeah. what, what did you what did you sort of learn there from a, a sort of a trader education? Because this seems to be your education to a certain degree. Um, did did yeah. you learn anything specifically there that you sort of apply to your own trading now? Yeah, and, all of it really. 
Um, a lot lot of it was the fundamentals. Um, Why is market moving against others? Others, you know, there's other stuff like seasonal data, like what's happened to the dollar in May, for instance, on average over the last 10, 20 years. Um, That sort of stuff can have a big effect on the market as well. Um, I look at sort of market sentiment. So um, retail versus uh, institutional, like if retail's going long, probably want to go short myself, um, that sort of stuff. So, you know, there's a few things that go into there. Um, uh, like, you know, yeah, just big, you know, it's mostly based, you know, all the macro fundamentals, uh, economics and that sort of stuff. So that's really the way, in a nutshell, what we looked at back then. Um, then there's a few other things which I can't get access to just because it was sort of their programs right. now. But, um, but you know, from, from the, the main thing was just basically keeping up to date with the, the economics and and did you have like a mentor there that helped you get to, yeah. get to a level of okay right and, and how did yeah. that how was that mentor if you had to compare the the mentor versus you now would you say you've out outshone the mentor or are you still oh, the, hell yeah i am the mentor now oh you're the mentor now no we still talk i still talk to everyone i still yeah. talk to all my friends from there um and uh they're, they're doing great some of them are still working there um and they're doing fantastic. So it's no, like I'll, I'll always see him as my uh, mentor, my superior, I guess you could say <laughs> my leader. No. Um, but you know, I'm probably, you know, you learn the same stuff as him. So we're probably just as great as each other. Like we've got a lot of the same ideas. Um, but it wasn't like it was one-on-one mentoring. It was like, it was a group of us, mm. a team of five. Um, and I was like the newest guy there. Some of them have been there for three years. Some have been there for five years, but you're always going to have this head trader, this head guy. Um, who's going to take care of everyone, you know, overseas as all. So, yeah. Um, and and what do you think, I suppose, if, if a, a retail trader listening to this was going, like, can you give me some some something to take away that you learned from the, the working at Deutsch that the retail traders just aren't seeing or aren't sort of getting their head around? What would be that thing? I think a lot of retail traders think that we've got some secret magic. Like, we don't. It, we're, we're we're looking at a lot of the same stuff that you can get access to, like a lot of the same stuff that I get have now. Um, another thing is we, we don't hunt stop losses. We never did. <laughs> so, that's a big one out there. People always like, you know, I always see like my stop loss hunted. I'm like, I've, I've never even heard about that until I heard retail traders talking about it. Like we don't look for those sort of um, big liquidity pools, I guess people call it. Um, we never did anyway. Um I've never heard about it until sort of, you know, I saw people talking about it on, on social media and whatnot. But, um, yeah, we, like that sort of stuff, like try and get that out of your head because we're not doing that. The most people get stopped out and call it a, a stop hunt is because, you know, you know, they might have a very small stop loss. What moves the market on a short-term basis, people don't understand this. Actually, this is probably a good point. People don't understand what moves markets on a short-term basis, not just us trade, not just big institutions, but a lot of it goes into big mergers from companies. So if you got like Coca-Cola that wants to buy, I don't know, um, sugar in New Zealand to make all this Coca-Cola and they're going to buy, you know, $100 million worth of sugar, they're going to make a transaction through the currency and that's going to move, that's going to affect currencies. A lot of the times, if you see short-term fluctuations, that could be just big companies transferring money from another thing to another, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. if you transfer over $20 million in one go, that's going to make a big drop or rise or whatever it is. In a currency, so people don't understand. Like on a one-minute, five-minute chart, that's what you're seeing a lot of the time. 
and you know millions and millions of companies across the world doing that on a, on a day-to-day basis yeah yeah and it, it does make it does make sense complete sense yeah. um and i suppose from a retail point of view it maybe makes people feel a bit better if they know that their stock was hunted as opposed to it was just hit, you know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like we, oh, I've been hunted down. <laughs> we can't see your yeah. stop losses. Like, we don't get that information from brokers. Brokers don't sell us your, like, you know, hey, we got like a, you know, $100,000 worth of stop losses here. Because you got to understand what makes, what takes to move a market, even just like 10 points, takes up a lot of money. So it's not worth us going, you know, we might have some stops here to get some liquidity. Um and you've got other things like um, end-of-day transactions and whatnot where basically you might have a client, a big wholesale client, who wants to transfer, transfer um, I don't know, let's say $50 million from Euro to Australia, and he will go, he'll, you know, he'll call up and look, I want a better price. So that's where we'll go, okay, cool. Um, we can do that for you, but we're going to take X amount of commissions. So we might take I don't know, let's say five million commission, we'll spend 1.5 million pushing the market down so he can get a better price to buy, and then he will push it up. He'll take a transaction from that and take a take a cut from that. Ah, okay. So, so there is that sort of manipulation in terms of like, but not to try and manipulate people in the market, no, just to legit, to get a better price. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's and, a legit stuff. And, okay, and so to push the market down, because this was another question I was going to ask, because I've I've seen it before where um, I was on a call with somebody who. Uh, whether or not it was true or not i don't know but they picked up the phone and they're like right you know sell uh whatever it was of you know four 500 lots of this and they're trying to get the market to go in some uh one direction right and to then get a better price or get out of the trade i can't remember what it was but so that does that does happen yeah to, yeah and he's ha- saying he, he did that on the live with you yeah yeah on a call okay on a call. i can tell you right now it's probably bull crap because that's not going to happen like that it yeah. takes a lot of work to do that <laughs> yeah um there's a lot of paperwork involved right uh, okay right right because yeah. you gotta go you gotta understand it's, it's, it's large transactions you gotta um it's not like you just call the broker and be like hey sell this like yeah you can do that like to trade and stuff but if you're going to make something like that you want something to move the market you gotta go okay cool let's finalize all this sort of stuff with paperwork and then let's get it through so yeah, that's <laughs> okay. So, so it's not, and, and is it? Do you think it? Would you say it's a daily occurrence where this this is happening? Where they? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, and and in terms of like bringing the market down, um, to it might a, only be like five or six pips. But if uh, you're okay, going to transfer right. fifty million, that could be the matter of ten million dollars or okay. five million. Right. Okay. <laughs> so so the, okay yeah so you are sort of chucking money in to to try and bring it down to that level gets there yeah. and then you do your your transaction only and off it goes. Pips. Not like a 30, yeah. 40, 50 pips. Okay, okay, cool. All right, that's interesting. It's interesting. Well, hopefully you guys are out there listening are getting some good insight into into what really goes on behind the scenes. By the sounds yeah. of it, nobody's out to get you. Um, no. Now, what about, like, how did you deal with corona uh, and uh, so when the pandemic hit and then also when the, the Russia-Ukraine conflict started? Yeah, so I had so a lot of the bulk of my money's in stocks now, shares, long term shares, and payment dividends and whatnot. Um, I only keep a little bit in my trading account now. Um, so during the corona, it was scary because we had that big initial drop. Um, and I only buy um, Australian shares, I don't really buy American shares. Um, and that sort of made me go, well, do I need to go back to work? <laughs> but then we sort of had that massive rally and I was like, okay, cool. Like this is doing great right now. So last year, I actually did really, well, last year or year before, whatever it was. Um, first bit was scary, but then it just went really well. 
um, and I started buying more shares. Um, so that I dealt with my portfolio. So that was shares. That wasn't currency trade. Currency mm-hmm. trade is a different story. So I'll talk about the shares first. That where I just bought basically held onto my portfolio, and I just let it let it go because I knew they were companies. They weren't going to go bust during COVID. Um, so yeah, I had um, I just basically held onto those, and then they've done well now. You know, they've outperformed what they were. Um, and uh, during with my currencies, I kind of stayed out. I didn't really trade at all. I just sort of took a break, and it was too uncertain. I was just like, I tried a couple here and there, but I was just like too uncertain. I'm just going to take like I took like five six months off from trading, um, and um, then the Russia Ukraine, I just started shorting the euro dollar, and that went really well. Cool. Cool. Okay. And so, so um, you talked about like having, you know, basically spending 15 minutes a week analyzing mm. the charts. I mean, so that's analyzing the charts. That's just technical analysis. Right. But then the actual analysis of everything else is. Uh, that's an everyday, that's an every minute of the day thing. Like, cause I don't sit here at my desk doing it, but you know, I might be sort of, I'll, I'll probably spend, um, so actually I have in my own office like, to get away from the house to trade. Um, I'll come to my office at like 8 a.m. each day, drop the kids up to school, come to the office, and I'll probably leave by around 12 noon. Um, that's basically me just keeping up to date with, you know, all the latest news. If there's any new positions, I'll, I'll do it. If, and to manage any positions, that's it. But from 12 until the next day, I kind of, you know, there's not much else to do. I'll just sort of go home. But I'm still sort of, I can't help myself, still reading like news and Bloomberg and Zero Hedge. That's what's up. Okay, so so those are two your two go to sources. Are there, are there any other yeah. sources if somebody wants to get into this to, that they should go and check out? Um, look, there's a great a lot of great ones out there, but I most I mostly use Bloomberg and um, Zero Hedge, um, and then you got uh, Investing.com as well. They're great. Daily effects, that sort of stuff. And, and what sort of things are you looking for in the in all this reading that you're doing? Never anything specific. It's more just what pops out to me. So I might go, you know, I might have an idea where I'm like, okay, cool. Just due to things like happening in Australia, um, actually, for instance, great opportunity to talk about it right now is Australia. Um, the Australian currency, I'm, I'm pretty bearish on it. You know, we may have an interest rate hike of 2.5%, which generally is it's good for the currency. But when you look at the long-term view of it, what, how's it going to affect people? How's it going to affect households? It's basically going, you know, interest. So I don't know what's like in New Zealand, but here on the Gold Coast, if you had a house for 600 grand pre-COVID, People are buying them for like a million dollars now just because they want them. Yeah. And there's so much, you know, demand out there and not enough supply where people are just paying over for the houses. People are getting loans they can't afford, right? They're just handing out loans that just can't afford. When interest rates go up 2.5%, which they're about to do, people are going, um, home loans, repayments are going to go up, you know, around $1,200 a month. A lot of people won't be able to afford that. Rents are already up, fuel's up, uh, you know, every day household lives up. People are going to struggle. So instead of just going looking at interest rate hike, going yeah, cool, positive, short term, yeah, long term, how's that going to affect the household income? And that's what I look at. And then I go, you know, I want to be, you know, rallies in the Aussie dollar. Probably want to start shorting them because um, it may take a few months, it may take a year to play out, but I, th- I definitely think, you know, um, that's how I think. Hmm. So um, and I'll sort of go, you know, then I'll start reading about the Aussie on Zero Hedge or Bloomberg and that sort of stuff, you know, what's keeping up to date. So it's not really, I don't really just look at that and go, you know, where's a trade? I just sort of more scroll, you know, something might pop out and go, you know, like, you know, interest rate hike in Australia. And then I go, okay, cool. How is this going to affect us? And and do you like sort of have to note all the stuff down in a, in a logical way that, 
you know, or you put in a spreadsheet or something so that you go, uh-huh. this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, this equals that, and therefore I'm going to buy. And, no, and, no, no, I just do it off my head. You yeah. just do it in your head, okay. Yeah. Um, look, I, I suggest everyone to write it down, especially if you're new to it. Write it down and keep it there so you can remember, so you don't forget. And I, I used to do that, but now it's to the point where it's like it's like a, a car mechanic. He doesn't need a, a manual anymore to pull out an engine. He just does it by yeah. head, you know, memory. Yeah, and and so like if if somebody was going to write it down, I mean, what are the and what did you what did you do and how did you sort of start out writing the stuff down yeah. so that you had a logical way of doing it? So I'd write it down, you know, like I'd basically put my own sort of um, little headline now. I go, cool, Australian dollar. Let's just use Australian for current instance. Why is Australian going to get weaker? And then I'd go review like you know different websites. You know, okay, cool. This is, and I'd sort of have a pinpoint of you know, um, I'd give I'll give them numbers like you know, there's there's let's say there's 10 points of why the Australian dollar should get negative. And then I'd go, there's only three points why it should be positive. So I'll try and find negative news and I'll try and find positive news and outweigh them. So things like that, you know what I mean? I'd go, okay, cool. So let's say for instance, this interest rate hike, positive, but how's that going to be the long-term effect for household income? Then you list down all the negatives, you know, well, fuel's higher, uh, groceries are higher, living days, electricity is higher. Um, I think we've had like almost since COVID 149% raise in all household incomes. So how's that going to affect when interest rates go up? People just simply cannot be able to afford everything that they've, they've gotten. And also not to mention car loans. People have gotten car loans because everything's low interest. Um, so people don't think that. And then I'll write that down as a negative and go, mm, okay, so that outweighs just one interest rate hike. Okay. And so, so like when you get it wrong, what are you what are you sort of like can you attribute it to something if you get it wrong um so like let's say i took a trade and i got stopped out you mean well you got stopped out or you just uh maybe you got it right and it just stopped you out maybe it's not maybe it's more that you got the fundamentals oh. wrong somehow um i just move on i don't really sort of dwell on it i just move on and forget about it and, and is there is there sort of like a i suppose a way that you go well i got it wrong because of this or is it more just it didn't no. work it just didn't work. Okay. Um, like I said, like, look, you can do all the fundamentals and so for some reason you go, okay, this is going to be negative. For some reason it rallies and I'm going to move on. Um, I don't really dwell on it. I don't really sort of look for why. Um, uh, I don't really journal, if that makes sense. I don't journal all my trades. I don't journal why the things are going to go mm. up and down, that sort of stuff. And and I know that's a very important part, especially if you need to trade, definitely journal. Um but I sort of more to just keep up so sort of, you know, okay, it didn't work out. And I just know that's the way the market works and I'm just going to move on. And uh, I suppose like talking about journaling and um, uh, I suppose understanding what you're actually doing. I mean, if somebody was going to try and get into this themselves, what, what would you, what stuff would you say? Hey, look, go off and do these four things to get into this. Great question. Um, I've actually, can I, can I talk about what I asked you before? Yeah what I just bought. Yeah. Yeah. So I just bought um, into a, a trading company. So pre this, I was never part of any trading company. I just could not be bothered. Um, I couldn't be bothered teaching, couldn't be bothered doing anything like that. But I just bought um, 20% of um, a, a company. Can I say the company name? Yeah, go for it, mate. They're called Elite Traders. Um, and they basically provide signals, but they're legit. I looked at the last five years of how they've been running. I looked at their performance before I bought it. And I go, okay, cool. These guys are actually got a good performance. And I'm like, look, I don't want to be anything but background work. Like I just want to help out and that sort of stuff. So they've actually asked me to sort of do a few things here and there, more background work. And 
whatnot. And um, a lot of they, what, what they emphasize on is um, is for traders to journal their trades, one, you know, have reasons why you're going to enter and exit. They don't just do signals, but they do education as well. Um, and, you know, why is, why is sort of, you know, um, they, they do emphasize on why did I get stopped out? Have, have a reason why this trade some simply didn't work out. And that's great. You should probably do that, especially if you're new to it, so you can build your confidence into understanding, okay, cool, this trade didn't work out. It wasn't my fault. It's just my analysis was correct, but um, it just didn't work out because, you know, something else may have happened. So they focus on a lot of, you know, journal your trades, um, keep up to date with sort of definitely the economics of fundamentals, that sort of stuff, and which is perfect. Write it all down, you know, so it's always on a notepad. I just can't be bothered. I'm lazy. Um, so that's, that's really why I don't do it. I'm just very lazy. Um, and like sitting here at a desk with ADHD trying to write stuff down is very impossible. So I'm just like, ah, my head's everywhere. Okay. Um, All right. Well, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll hook up a link to that elite traders in the in the show notes so you guys can find out um, more yeah, about cool. them. And um, just sort of on this, like a couple of things have sprung to mind. One is, you know, have you have you ever like thought, wow, man, these guys are, are doing way better than me in terms of like, oh, I prefer that the way that they trade. Like maybe they're in and out with a five-hour trade uh, in a day, and you're thinking, well, I've got to wait like three months for my five-hour trade. Um, have you ever sort of got to that point where you're like going, oh, maybe you should change what I'm doing, or maybe back yeah. in the day you th- you thought that, and how did you? You obviously didn't switch, so I'm just sort of wondering how you got how you didn't suffer the strategy hopping syndrome. That um, so many. I think a lot of that came from my professional background. I was taught how to do it back then. I think if I was taught now, if I started learning now, it'd probably be a lot different story. But um, I've never thought about changing my system just because I know it's worked. It's why would I change something? You don't fix something that's broken. Sure, like, you know, like I don't understand all the little technical analysis stuff. Like that would be brand new to me. I would have to learn all that. Like the, you know, like the, um, all the patterns and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of the names, but going to be here for like yeah patterns candlestick patterns yeah. and, and yeah i would have yeah. to learn all that i can't sit there and go you know okay we're gonna put my stop here you know and i have this five reward trade here and and i'm gonna enter because this head and shoulders or this you know what do they call it like bat patterns i've seen those like the um abc stuff i forgot oh yeah yeah the harmonic um, patterns sort of harmonics yeah. that's it yeah i can't look at that that's confusing as hell to me um and so i don't i don't look at all that and go you know i'm gonna do that so i, I basically go what works for me is very simple right now. I know how to do it. Like it's like the back of my hand. It's just it's there. Like it's it's indented in me all, over all these years, and I can sort of just trade um, based off that. So I'm, I don't mind getting a, a one to three risk reward because it's not like I'm risking thousand dollars. My my trades I'm risking like fifteen twenty grand. Um. So, you know, when you make a three R on a twenty grand risk, you know, it works out a bit better. So it's not like I have to risk. A thousand dollars and wait like four or five months for th- three, you know three or four grand profit. It's like I'm risking twenty grand and make sixty or, or some of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's worth what it's worth your while, and therefore it's, it's while, like yes. well, you know the fact that I've got to wait three, two three months to make sixty grand is doesn't worth sound it. too bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even if you had to wait for it a year for it, yeah, you know, yeah. Exactly. Um, it doesn't sound it's too a, bad. It's a salary for for some people. So yeah, yeah. And and in saying that, it's it's not like it's um it's 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 still low, relatively low percentage risk. So I'm risking, like I said, I'm risking anywhere between one to five percent on how confident I am for the trade. Um, so it might be like a ten grand, 
30 grand, 50 grand, 60 grand risk. Um, and sometimes I'll even risk lower than 1%, like half a percent. Okay. If I'm just sort of just testing the waters a bit. And, and, and the, the big, I suppose that one question I got, you might have a simple answer to this is, is how do you know when to get out of these fundamental moves? Um, a lot of it comes out, I trail my stops a lot. Um, I can either trail, there's two ways I'll do it. I'll either trail my stops or I'll sort of go, um, uh, for instance, today I had a trade on uh, Aussie Cat. Not today, sorry, but I've been holding a trade on Aussie Cat. And, and I basically got out of it because I'm, I am I didn't enter too long ago. It's kind of hanging around break even, but I'm expecting an interest rate hike, which could, like I talked about earlier, short-term bursts to the upside, but long-term to the downside. And I sort of just protected myself. I got out for that reason to basically break even. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Let's possibly get an, another entry. Worst case scenario, you know, like that's, but I'll keep up to date. So I've closed my Euro dollar um, short because um, that was basically uh, based on a big support level. So it, it, that will be based on sort of a bit of technicals, but also trailing stops as well. The biggest thing, the two biggest things I'd say. And in getting into the trades, are you putting limit orders or are you getting market? Yeah, um, there's times where I'll use limit orders. Um, if I'm expecting something like a, a, a push down before a push up or vice versa. Um, otherwise, I'll sort of just market executions because I'm not looking for perfect entries. I'm not waiting for candlesticks to mm. appear. Um, I'm not waiting for like, you know, like a pin bar or some of that. I'll sort of go, oh, we're at a cool level. Let's just enter here. Even if even if there's a big bearish engulfer on a daily chart and, you know, it's, I want to buy it, I'll still buy it even if it's a big bearish engulfer. It's not like I'm waiting yeah. for that. Um so I'm not looking for perfect entries. I'm just looking for a good entry. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And and like, what about from a mindset point of view? If somebody was going to get into this, what kind of person would be ideal for this? First of all, and then secondly, if you you know if you if you weren't if you didn't have the right mindset, what would be some sort of identifiers that hey, you don't really want to get into this? Okay. So my brother can't do it. Right. <laughs> um, he's very 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 impatient. Um, I've tried showing him everything I can. And he's just like, I can't hold that long. Like he wants to be in and out in microseconds, like very scalping. And I'm just like, well, good luck. Um, so um, he's a very impatient person. If you're very impatient, you, you're not going to be able to do it. Um, you need to be able to build your patience up. If you're like me, so I'm, I'm, I'm a dad. I have my own life outside of trading. I've got kids at home. I've got kids. I don't even think about anything. Um, you know, I live like just a normal person. Like I, That's another thing as well. Is like, I'm not, a glamorous person like if you look at me on the street you'd think i'm just like a bum or something like you know i drive a mazda um i dress normal i don't own any luxury items um so it's to me like trading's more so it's just a it's a job where i get paid based on my performance and and you know and if i look at my past history and go well i get based i paid on you know let's say like some people get paid on a monthly basis you know i don't need to make that income every week so if you're someone who's like me, where you've got a lot of patience, discipline, but also a very busy lifestyle outside of trading, longer term is going to be good for you. But if you're single, 20 years old, um, you sit at home playing video games all day, you're in front of the charts all day, you might be a shorter term trader. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just basically on your personalities, what they always say is it's how you are as a person. Mm. Um that, so, yeah. that's interesting about your brother uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but I, I can I can sort of uh, I, I see that I see that the struggle you'd have with like holding something for, for that long is you know it can be um, 
not not for everyone. Now uh, we're going to just wrap up here with a, a few quick fire questions, and then we'll we'll close up the show. So, um, how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? About a year, but that's because I had the professional help. Uh, actually, just on that, what was the what was the sort of best thing you got from the professional help that you did get? Um, slap on the wrist if it's not wrong. <laughs> right, and how bad was that slap? Was that someone yelling at you or? <laughs> no, it was basically um so back then we'd sort of um we didn't trade live for a good year. Um it was all it was all just like sitting with our traders, sitting why why are we buying, why are we selling them, what we're going through, helping them with transactions, helping them with everything like that. Um so um then they start they would start us with something small. Um, you know, like a, a small like hundred grand account. And then um well small to Deutsch. Um, and you know, and then they'll see how we perform, and then they'll sort of let, let's increase, let's increase, let's increase as you go. And do you think, like, from, from this isn't the quickfire round? Um, do you think that the, anyone that went into Deutsch would be able to come out with uh, as a profitable trader, or do they, were um, they just churning through people like, no, no, no? Not so much churning, but would sort of like would would have like maybe after you like maybe you're better suited in, in another role. Right. Um, so it wasn't like they got fired. We'd always like sort of try and go, you know, maybe something else you could do. But so you might not be a good trader, but you might be a great researcher. Um, might not be a great researcher, but you might be good at executing trades and not give a crap if you lose or win. Mm. You know what I mean? Or you just might be great at getting coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so what would be the sort of identifier of like somebody who's just not cut out for it? Is it purely done on the on the P and L and and the results? No confidence. Um, you know, no confidence to sort of be able to sit at their desk and just do their work. Um, mm-hmm. It would always be like, you know, even after like two years, I'd be like, oh, is this, is this okay? Or, like, oh, you know, I, I want to get out of this, but you couldn't just close the trades. It was more so, you know, well, let's close this trade, but why are we going to close it now? And it'd be like, you know, uh, should I, you know, so very sort of, you know, just, just not confident, confident yeah. not. Yeah, indecisive. Right. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite entry setup? Oh, um, Uh, well, I don't really have a favorite It's kind of hard to determine that one because it's it's not really a technical question. Um, okay. It's more if you haven't got one, great, you haven't got one. It's a... great fundamentals, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Right. 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 So, uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. I could it's... say that it's actually very bad. I'm not going to say it. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say it. I'll message you later. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, what about if you had to send somebody to a recommended book or a resource? Where would that be? Um, well, I should say elite traders now. <laughs> um, a book? I don't really know. I've never really read many trading books at all. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know any good trading books. <laughs> so, okay, cool. So there's yeah, so right. so it's it's uh, so what about I'm like very into the retail stuff? Yeah, okay, like, yeah. not the retail, like the inst- like the social media stuff. Okay, cool. All right, let's move on to the next one. Preferred broker and trading platform? Um, look, there's a lot of great brokers out there. I, I use MetaTrader 4, always have. Um, it's just used to me. I'm just used to it. Uh, great broker. Um, you got uh, Fusion Markets. You've got 8Cap. you got uh, Global Primes. Great as well. Um, yeah. Um, Pepperstone, they're good. Cool. So they're probably the 
Hey folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100k. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. And do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? Uh, my son. Um, so I had my desk open. This is when I was working from home. And you hit my my my, uh, my mouse, and, it's, and I had the little buy sell thing up. He oh. clicked. He's like, "Oh, it's so bright, it's flashing, it's clicking." I didn't even know until like two, three days later. Um, but he lost. <laughs> he, I, I lost something like four <laughs> percent. You're um, kidding he, me. He didn't have a birthday that year. Oh dear, you're <laughs> <No>. kidding. <laughs> These sort of bright flashing lights. Yeah, oh, that's just classic. Oh, uh, my own personal trade. Uh, I probably got overconfident on. Um, Overconfident on uh, gold at one point, and um, I think this was probably back in 2012, and I probably risked a little bit more than I should have. Cool, yeah. awesome. Okay, we won't we won't let you make you relive that. Um, now, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, I just noticed I was moving back in my chair, like I was moving back and back as we were talking. Like, hopefully, the qualities are gone. Nah, um, advice i think my best advice would be basically keep up to date like understand why markets move fundamentally um forget the fact that you think that you're getting stopped out by um stop hunts because it's not true um the broker is not against you um so well a decent broker anyway um yeah, there are some dodgy ones out there um but but i think just more so just just really fact check where your information comes from keep up to date with fundamentals because that's very important in trading especially long term Cool. Well, look, um, Trader X hasn't got anywhere for you to head. Well, actually, you do. You do have somewhere for people to head, not to find out more about you, but just to. Um... No, no, they won't even find me on there. Like I'm a non, I'm a non, and, yeah. and that's just because I don't want to be caught up with that stigma of, of treat. Like, you know, I don't like the Instagram stuff. So, um, yeah, elite traders. I will. Um, you won't. You won't be able to contact me there. There'll be no information about me there because I want to keep it that way. But that is who I'm going to be working with. Cool. Look, guys, um, a big thank you to TraderX for sharing with us today. Everything we discussed here along with that link uh, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for TraderX or just X, maybe, in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, there you have it. Interview done and dusted with TraderX. I told you it was a bit strange in terms of his approach. No technicals, just the fundamentals. Really, really interesting. So, um, guys, do remember we've got the uh, Trading Up Funded Cup. Go and check that out. If you want to register for the June one for win, to win prizes to show your trading ability, then go and check that out over there on tradingnut.com or City Traders Imperium. We've got live streams galore this week. I've just counted them up. We sh- we're possibly going to have six live streams, live trading live streams, covering a variety of sessions, so Asia through to New York. Uh, we've uh, yeah, we've also got another video dropping, which is a bit different from normal. We're going to talk about journaling with the guys who created some awesome journaling trading software. Uh, do remember, Genius Traders Club, door's still open, but the price is going to jump soon. And same with Robot Builders Club. You can come on board. I can help teach you how to automate some or all of what you do. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next one.